And we're back with more on News Talk Saga 960. So very glad you could join us. On this midweek edition of the Mark Petroni Show, we have David Menzies on the line. David and I were colleagues, partners in crime, as it were, back in the good old days of Sun News. And uh, once that uh, great network went dark, we all kind of scattered in every different direction. I ended up uh, in radio with the mighty Saga 960, while David Menzies went on to do great work over at the Rebel Rebel News, and he continues to do that. Courageous work, I might add. Welcome to the show once again, David. Well, thank you so much, Mark, and thank goodness our co-colleague, Ezra Levent, uh, had the wherewithal to start uh, the Rebel News Network. Um, I shudder to think uh, where we'd be without it. I mean, even if I wasn't an employee, I would sure be a uh, regular viewer, but great to be with you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, congratulations to Ezra and his team over there at the Rebel. And by the way, nice work with this scoop. I mean, this is a stunning story. A great piece of journalism, your interview with a former, with a retired police officer, an individual who uh, spoke with you about the fact that he found out he had been wiretapped, essentially spied on, uh, by the authorities because of his support for the convoy. Talk about this story. Well, as a matter of fact, Mark, when we heard from Rob Stocky, he's the uh, veteran Ottawa Police Service officer, quite frankly, we didn't believe it. Uh, we thought he might be a crank because there's no way, if what he was saying was true, that he's an ex-law enforcement officer, uh, if he doesn't have a criminal record, if his only apparent crime was speaking at freedom rallies, surely that is no benchmark for the police to get a uh, warrant to do wiretapping of his phone. It's not just his phone, it's his electronic devices as well. You know, his social media, what have you. And um, sure enough, when he provided the proof via a letter from the Attorney General of Ontario's office, Mark, there it was, just stating that, oh, by the way, uh, during this period of time, uh, we were monitoring your devices. And what's missing from the letter, of course, is the reason why uh, these wiretaps were granted, what they were looking for, etc. And the only way he found out, Mark, is that there is a law that I think it's either after 60 or 90 days, I have to double check on that, the Attorney General's office has to inform a citizen that your um, devices were wiretapped, were wiretapped at this particular point. So otherwise, uh, he'd be in the dark. Now, he's reached out to other people, including ex-law enforcement colleagues that also have received this letter from the AGO uh, office. And it's absolutely stunning. I mean, this is Banana Republic stuff, Mark. This is, this is the stuff of 1984 that somebody going in front of demonstrators decrying the lockouts are what de- declared enemies of the state uh, that they have wrong political thoughts because I can tell you this Mark when it comes to wiretapping typically we're talking about people involved with organized crime typically we're talking about terrorists hell-bent on mass murder that's the pitch that the police give to the judge to get a wiretap and I can understand that but being part of a, dem- a peaceful protest, 
this, this is mind-boggling to me. It's very important that the public hears about what's going on because it is so egregious. On the 18th, I received a letter from the Attorney, Attorney General of Ontario basically explaining I was actually the object of intercepted communications, which is a wiretap. So for people who aren't familiar with the language, the police wiretapped me under the criminal code, presumably for participating in the Freedom Convoy on Parliament Hill. And this was news to you that you were wiretapped. I understand, Rob, that after a certain period of time, um, the rules are that you have to inform the subject of the wiretapping that he or she was indeed wiretapped. So that's why you got the letter. Um, what was the reason for the wiretapping of your phone? Well, if you look at the letter, which I provided, um, it, there is no reason provided. It just says that I was the subject of a wiretap from these two dates. And if you look at the actual section that I was wiretapped under, I was wiretapped under a se section of exigent circumstances, meaning that the circumstances were so urgent and so worrisome about criminal activity that the government did not have time or the officers investigating did not have time to qualify all of the potential issues and reasoning why they're getting this wiretap. So this wiretap was not only an emergency type of wiretap, but it was also allowed to be done ex parte. And what that means is there is no defense, there is no one to hear the opposite side of why this wiretap is taking place. It is valid for a maximum of 36 hours, that's the maximum window because it's such an exigent circumstance type of wiretap. If the offense or the, or the uh, reasonable grounds you, you actually have to have under the criminal code continues, you can apply for an actual wiretap. It gives you the time. So police are not losing potential evidence that they could get. I am not involved in any criminal activity. I have done nothing wrong. I am very conscientious about the things I say and do, both word and deed, because I have watched the media, the legacy media I'm talking about, completely lie about what actually took place on Parliament Hill. It's outrageous. And I think it speaks to the paranoia of this this government. I think the convoy continues to live rent-free in Justin Trudeau's head. And now, of course, we also have Bill S-7, which outlines uh, the grounds for searches of, of travelers' cell phones, tablets, laptops by the Canadian uh, Border Services Agency and permits officers with, quote-unquote, a reasonable general concern, unquote, of criminality to demand that travelers hand over their passwords under threat of having mobile devices seized by by that agency. So we're, we're seeing a trend here. We're moving in the direction of, uh, of a surveillance state. And this is another example of it where you have a police officer. You know, it wasn't just a regular guy. I mean, uh, somebody maybe with a shady history. This was a law enforcement officer who found himself targeted by wiretapping. And um, under what authority do these people do that? As you point out, and rightfully so, David, I mean, this is the stuff that you, you reserve for uh, you know, mafiosi, you know, during, uh, you know, investigations of, of organized crime, uh, not former officers attending protests. This, to me, is a major red flag. Well, Mark, here's the thing, and you've hit the, the, uh, the nail on the head. What was the pitch, you know, the so-called elevator pitch by law enforcement 
to a judge or judges in terms of trying to get this wiretap? What did they say that a judge said, you know what, you're right, this is a matter of national security, Uh, you're right, this might be an enemy of the state, Um, public safety has to come uh, first and foremost. What in the world did these police officers, these law enforcement agencies say about uh, Mr. Stocky and other Canadians that a judge agreed that even though these people aren't involved with organized crime, even though these people aren't involved in Al-Qaeda, in fact, if they were involved with Al-Qaeda, we've seen with this government, uh, you tend to get a eight-figure check for hurt feelings, <laughs> speaking of uh, Omar Cotter, exactly. right? That's how upside down this world is. What did they say, Mark? You know, I, I, and I don't know if we'll ever get that answer, but we are continuing to investigate this matter. The other big question, how big is the problem? How many Canadians were subjected uh, to this? Uh, again, it, it might be an answer that we'll never find unless people come forward. We have put out a website um, regarding this matter called stopthewiretapping.com. And um, we will guarantee the privacy of anyone that comes forward to say that they also received a letter from the attorney general that their devices were wiretapped. Unless, of course, they want to go public like Rob Stocky, um, because he was absolutely furious about this and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we know what the government has been saying about these people, and I suspect that they use that same rationale with the judge. And, of course, we've seen a series of uh, former candidates uh, appointed to the bench, liberal hacks. And so that's probably with an aim towards getting these types of uh, uh, go-aheads and green lights to to wiretap uh, potential enemies of the state. But you know as well as I do that the government pushed the idea, along with the the bought-off media, that this was a Russian-backed attempt to overthrow the government. Uh, you know, the Putin was involved, that uh, they were flying Confederate flags, so this was a, obviously an attempt to bring back the old Confederacy, the, the pre-Civil War, uh, civil, you know, uh, Confederacy of the United States. You know, there, there was arsonists, rapists, Nazis, white supremacists. So this was the type of crap that they fed to the to population, to Canadians, to try and denigrate these uh, these convoy members, despite the fact that they claim it was just a fringe group. Well, obviously it wasn't. And so I, I no. suspect that that's what they were saying to the judge, saying, yeah, you got you got to do this because these people are hell-bent on overthrowing the, the country. I think you're right. And in fact, all those things you listed um, were debunked. In fact, I do believe that crime in Ottawa went down during the uh, Freedom Convoy, uh, not up. These allegations about um, vandalism, arson, assaults, they were all proven to be um, uh, false. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking in a way because it, it began kind of like a Yoko Ono concert, Mark. It began badly and then proceeded to get horrid. Um, this, The government and law enforcement overreach was so appalling. It began, I think, with the demonization and the vilification of the truckers and their allies. And then it moved on to people getting arrested for essentially bylaw infractions. And then the cherry on this uh, sordid Sunday was the invocation of the Emergencies Act, a completely uncalled for. And 
you know, and, and so, you know, I kind of have a theory what the law enforcement was doing with the judges were, were, were just outrageous exaggerations and even outright falsehoods regarding people decrying lockdowns. I mean, these are people that were losing their jobs. They were losing their livelihoods. They were losing their houses uh, because this government was preventing them from making a living. And I mentioned 1984. There's also an element, I think, too, Mark, to um, that movie from 20 years ago, the Tom Cruise science fiction film Minority Report. We're going to rely on psychics um, to determine if you are going to commit a crime in the future. And we have a really good hunch you're going to do it. So you know what? Uh, Let's not wait for the crime to happen. Let's arrest you, uh, convict you, and throw you in jail uh, thanks to the pre-crimes unit, uh, a division of law enforcement that rounds up people they think are going to commit a crime in the future. Is that Canada in 2022? Uh, Minority report? Yeah, pre-crime, which is essentially what the banks did with the police uh, in terms of freezing yeah. accounts, of course, uh, they they did it to, by their own admission. You know, to first it's it's shoot first, ask questions later. You know, figuratively speaking, um, you know, freeze the accounts and then deprive people of of access to their own money, and then if if it's okay later on, then release it. You know, so uh, I was this individual part of that? Was he caught up in the account freeze? Do you know this? Our, our Mr. Stocky. And not to his knowledge, but I wouldn't be surprised if the template for law enforcement going after those Canadians they want to wiretap were those leaked lists of who uh, donated uh, to the Freedom Convoy. I mean, um, that would, I think that's all they would need, you know, in a way. And by the way, you said shoot first and ask questions later in a figurative sense. Well, how about in a literal sense, you know, Mark, my colleague? Uh, back in February, Alexander. when the convoy, yeah, would be, yeah. yeah uh, uh, Alexa Lavoie was literally uh, yeah. shot in the thigh with some kind of a canister yeah. and tear gas. And I can tell you this, Mark: if, if thank God it was her thigh, because if it was her head, we'd be speaking about uh, Alexa in the past tense. And um, you know, I went to the following day, Sunday, the acting police chief Steve Bell uh, was giving a press conference. He was completely unaware of this. Um, this was an international story. In fact, an hour before the press conference, uh, Alexa was uh, interviewed by uh, Russian television. I, I, I witnessed the interview. And after the press conference, uh, Steve Bell uh, said uh, as a passing remark that um, he wanted to applaud the mainstream media for the great job they did. And we understand some of them were subjected to um, slurs and um, bad language. And we're going to launch investigations on that immediately. And I thought, holy mackerel, like somebody at the CBC was given the finger or said, you know, or, or had an F-bomb directed at him or her, and we got to investigate that, and here's a physical assault uh, with a firearm against my own colleague, and Steve Bell is basically saying, uh, well, nothing to see here, never heard about this. Unbelievable, Mark. I think that was one of those watershed moments, I think, where uh, millions of Canadians saw who was doing the media, who was doing, who was producing honest content about what was going on, or at least trying to do so, versus those who were just covering for for the regime and mouthing the same talking points 
that the police were, were putting out there and the government was putting out there. So, I mean, at that point, people were able to see based on the videos that were that came out, based on the work by your organization, the Rebel and others, trying to show what was really going on. And um, so I think it, it really crystallized the sense that the media really is just an extension of the government these days. I mean, they're, oh. they're on the payroll. We know that, most of them. So... A hundred percent. And Mark, I can tell you now that this story is out there, um, you, I would imagine this is a big deal. It is a big Forget deal. Forget about, Absolutely. you know, and let's see if the media snowball occurs over this. The, the wiretapping of honest law abiding citizens for apparently no good reason than they were demonstrating against the government on Parliament Hill. Now, thankfully, you've reached out. Uh, and I appreciate that. But I just wonder, uh, in terms of uh, the mainstream media, are they just going to turn a blind eye to this? Because this is huge. I, I, can't, I can't recall people being wiretapped, I'm not saying it never happened, for just having wrong thought as opposed to being part of a organized crime group or a terrorism cell. It is absolutely outrageous yeah. that this has happened. And we don't even know the extent of it. No, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like they told this guy, look, uh, we wiretapped. I guess they had to tell him. But in a way, I think it was a warning saying, hey, watch yourself. You know, if you want to associate with that bunch, you know, where you're going to come under surveillance and you're going to be wiretapped. We're going to keep an eye on you and uh, you're going to be considered possibly uh, an agent provocateur type of guy. And so um, everybody should be absolutely concerned. But congratulations. I know you've got to get back to doing the, the fine work you do over at The Rebel. And so thank you once again for coming on the show and, and uh, speaking with our listeners today. Mark, it was my pleasure. And uh, to your last point, I, I think you're right on the money. I think, in a way, the law enforcement agencies that got these wiretapping orders don't mind the fact that the AG's office has to inform these people that they've been wiretapped because it speaks to a strategy of intimidation that if law-abiding Canadians know, holy smokes, you mean if I go to Parliament Hill, if I go to Queen's Park, um, I might get, you know, discovered by law enforcement and then have my private communications monitored just for, you know, displaying a sign that's anti-lockdown. Well, gee, I'm I'm staying at home. Sorry, uh, start the revolution without me. So you're right. It, it it this is an intimidation tactic to all Canadians. I think that if you go against um, the government, guess what? We're going to listen into what you have to say. We're going to monitor your social media. It is again chilling, outrageous, and egregious, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a rule here on the Mark Petroni show: whatever the government hates. Double down, keep doing it. So to me, this speaks to the importance, (laughs) speaks to the importance of continuing to protest and do what is perfectly in your right to do. David, thanks for coming on the show. We'll uh, hopefully get a chance to do it again. Great, Mark. Anytime. Thank you so much, my friend.